Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome back to CHGO White Sox post game. After the White Sox split a series with the Oakland Athletics, they win today by the score of six to one. Amazing victory, and we all were enthralled. What a great game! I'm being serious now. We'll talk about how good Mike Levenger was. A little bit later with Vinny, when Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat reporter, joins us live from Guaranteed Rate. Great game from Johan Mancata, 4 for 4 today. But as you see, let me set up the show. We're going to be talking mostly about how this week was and what went on in this last seven-plus days. It's been a wacky week. I don't think anybody foresaw this. And the White Sox have just, whew, national embarrassment is very, very uh, kind to put it that way. But my name is Herb Lawrence. I am the host today of the CHGO White Sox post game. You can follow me on Twitter at Eckernwall23, which is my last name spelled backwards, 2-3. To my left, it is Stephen Nicholas. You can't follow him anywhere. Can't do it. He's not on any social media. Usually he's back there behind the microphone or behind the screen, so you can't see him, but you'll hear him chime in every once in a while. You call him QB1. Calm seven. Um, he'll be co-hosting with me. Sean is off for today because he had a busy travel schedule out there at Circus Sports. We want to thank Circus Sports for what they did this weekend. Him, Cody from the CHGO Bed Show were out there, and also Nicholas Moriano from the CHGO Bears Show went out there and produced some couple great shows out there at Circus Sports in Las Vegas. You need to check them out if you're going out to Vegas and uh, the biggest, I think, sports book in the world, an outdoor sports book and stadium swim. So check out Circus Sports. This weekend, we had a good golf outing where Steven and his ringers almost won it. He was there in third place. My uh, group was Jay Zawaski, Jake Flanagan, who was our GM of CHGO. And, of course, we had Spencer Smith, who is a scratch golfer. Your own ringer, yeah. Yeah, he was a DMVR. He hosts the big uh, drive energy show on DMVR. So we finished in, like, 15th place. But that's no neither here nor there. Want to thank all those sponsors out there. Coghill was great, too. Awesome. But... Steven, firstly, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I appreciate you joining me today. Of course. You know, it's good. It's kind of weird to be on the other side of things. I'm, I'm so used to sitting over there having my headset on. I feel a little naked over here. But uh, it, it's it's good to be here after a White Sox win. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's the Oakland Athletics. It's, it's like, eh, we still lost the season series versus them. And everything's just clouded over this wild week. In my opinion, the craziest week in White Sox history. Yeah, it was just really weird, and uh, I'm going to get to a second as I drink my delicious 312. If you're listening on the podcast, that's what I'm opening right now. But as a White Sox fan, it's better to win and split the series versus the Oakland Athletics than to lose three out of four. But ultimately, they did lose three out of four in the the total season series where Oakland took four games, the White Sox only took three. Good to do, you know, to split it so it's not more embarrassing than it actually was. But they didn't get embarrassed by Oakland both on Thursday and Friday. And that was not the most embarrassing thing that happened this week. That is um, amazingly not the most embarrassing. the furthest thing from it somehow. Oh, my God. Okay, let's get into it, Stephen. Let's uh, show this tweet by Josh Nelson, who is from Sox Machine. Uh, I think his uh, Twitter is at Sox Machine underscore Josh. He provided this tweet, I think, on Friday night after what happened there at the ballpark. On Sunday, we learned that Rick Hahn has a year left on his deal. Pedro Gafol has two years left on his deal via Bob Nightingale of the USA Today. On Monday, 
you get the Crane Chicago business thing that comes out. Let me talk about that for a second right now. Crane Chicago business says that the White Sox has six years left on their lease with guaranteed rate field. And then they might be exploring options in the Chicagoland area or maybe a place like Nashville for a relocation. Steven, I haven't spoke to you, at least not on camera about that. Your thoughts on the White Sox and that Cranes report that they might be looking for a different place to play. For me, the most infuriating thing, if you want to get a new stadium in Chicago, I'm all for it. Get something with a roof that you and I were just talking about prior to the show. The Nashville thing doesn't make any sense. Why would you go from a huge market, one of the biggest in the country, to Nashville, a much smaller market, just because they don't have a baseball team? <laughs> you know, if, if you are in Nashville and you are a baseball fan, you've already picked your allegiance. Oh, You're yeah. not going to switch just because a new team that isn't even very good just happens to come <laughs> around one day. So I, it just didn't make sense. It was one of those those things. We've heard it with Tampa before. It just seems like another leverage play by Jerry to get a little bit of uh, city funding for a new stadium. And we know that, as somebody put it eloquently, it's like if they're not paying for a stadium for the Bears – they're definitely not paying one for the goddamn White Sox. So, and also, I forgot, people. If you don't like swearing, today not might not be your episode. You got little ones that you don't you want to hide their ears from swearing. I might be swearing a lot today because it's the White Sox. So like, what else could I do? I got to let out a little steam. And sometimes an F F bomb comes out because this team is so frustrating. But yeah, you're not going to Nashville. I've already discussed this. Nashville is a great city. Great city to visit. But Jerry ain't putting a Major League Baseball team that has been a charter franchise of the American League since it started. Why would you move it from Chicago to Nashville? That's dumb. Milwaukee to Nashville? That makes a little bit more sense. Even though I like Milwaukee, they're about the same metropolis. They're about the same in population in the surrounding areas. So that makes sense. Secondly, let's go to Tuesday. Tuesday was the biggest one. The White Sox announced like an hour before first pitch that Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn have been relieved of their duties. And it they do it via a press release. So send out emails to the beat writers, send out their tweets, send out your Instagram things. What do you think about Tuesday's happenings when they fired Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams, Stephen? Because I have to think most White Sox fans were shocked to see it happen at all, much less happen in season right before a game. I think this was the most shocking thing of the week, and that says a lot. Uh, I could have never seen this coming. Simply because if they were going to do this, why would they have done it after the trade deadline, after moves were already made? Thank you. Because, all right, you're, you're trusting uh, a front office to make these moves that isn't going to be there moving forward. And if you're Jerry, you must have known that this was at least a possibility or on the horizon. Please. Don't let you. that front office make those decisions. Let let the next guy, the next person in charge, Chris Getz, God forbid, but if it's Chris Getz or somebody else, Dayton Moore, whoever it is, make those decisions. Because you traded a, a really big piece in Jake Berger, who was controllable, and you know how I feel about that. Yep. You love Jake Berger. I, I, I love Jake Berger. And most White Sox fans disagree with that trade. Then I've got to give White Sox fans credit. It's not about the results that happen. It's about what you feel at the time. And most White Sox fans, at the time that that trade was happening, on trade deadline day, White Sox fans like, this is a terrible trade. I hate it. I, on the other hand, was like, hey, man, I've seen Jake Berger before in the form of Josh Fields and yeah. Javi Garcia yeah. and the Daniel Palkas of the, the world. In the pan. Yeah. Better to trade him a year early than a year late. So I was fine with the trade. I'm still fine with it, even though Jake Eater has not done as well down in the minors. And Jake yeah. Berger is eating down there in Miami. Getting over 340. He's got an OPS over 900. Mm -hmm. I saw you had two homers, 11 ribbies, and no errors he's either. Just, he's only got three errors on the season, everybody. He's doing a thing. And this is the thing about that whole press conference. I don't think I've expressed this or this uh, press release, the White Sox release. Any other franchise, any other, the 29 other franchises, if you dismiss the two top people in your baseball operations system, you would get somebody in front of a microphone like this yeah. or in front of and or in front of a camera to explain what you just did. Jerry Reinsdorf, who to me is a coward for not doing it. He is like, You're who not wrong. You, You're not like, wrong. like, how do you dismiss two players or two people who are running your baseball ops for 20 plus years yeah. with a real, with a, just a quick email. Hey, Kenny's like a son to me. Hey, Rick, bye. 
not not get yeah. in front of cameras, not get in front of the the assembled media, the beat reporters there in and uh, guaranteed Rayfield, and say, yes, we let these people go. This is our plan going forward. That like that to me didn't instill like if I had an iota of confidence in that Jerry was going to do this right. Mm-hmm. Like everybody liked the firing. That's right. awesome because they deserve. Nobody was mad. They deserve the accountability. And so I was like, maybe Jerry has something there. The iota of respect I had for him was there. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so there's going to be a press conference on Wednesday, maybe before the game. No, this some bitch hadn't spoke to nobody, not a person in front of a camera on the record. That's cowardly. You have to explain to your fan base what the hell you're doing. And the fact that he didn't do that and the fact that he didn't think he had to do that is a coward move. He's a terrible owner. Absolute horrible owner. And so I don't understand why, why we don't demand. I know we're on, we're on the game saying sell, 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 but we should demand. Like this man has some wrong, something wrong with him up there where he is not thinking about anybody else but Jerry Reinsdorf instead of thinking about the people who go through those turnstiles every day. This team sucks. The team they're playing sucks. And there's still people in that goddamn stadium today, and Jerry's pocketing that yeah. money. He yeah. has a he has a duty to you as the White Sox fan to tell you what's going on at the very least. And if it was just him with a statement and not taking questions, that would have been fine. Him just saying, hey, we had to fire these two guys because I don't think they're good for us going forward. And this is what we're looking for as a general manager or as a single baseball voice moving forward. And him verbalizing that, saying that on camera instead of putting on paper. So I can know that he says that, not just his secretary saying that or a spokesperson saying that. That would have been much better. It would have been a little lacking, but that would have been better. What Jerry Reinsdorf does to you as a fan is embarrassing and he's a coward for it. So that was on Tuesday. On Wednesday. I want to I want to add on to that. Sorry, go ahead. I think it's kind of crazy the fact that we didn't hear from Jerry, but we did hear from Kenny and Rick, two guys that, quite frankly, don't have to speak. They just no. lost their job. They're not, they don't owe us anything after that. Their, their job is done. They, they failed. They could just go home and go on with their lives, find a new job, retire right off in the sunset, whatever they want to do. But Jerry just puts out this little email, resp- uh, little notification, say, oh, yeah, they're gone. And that's all we hear from him. And I, I've, I've worked for a Jerry Reinsdorf owned company prior. He's yeah. a owner, your owner at Stadium. And I could tell you he's not the most front-facing guy. I saw him, and keep in mind, this is at the United Center. I saw him a total of one time the entire time I was there. And, and it was just because there was some big meeting going on. So I'm not surprised to, that he didn't. I'm just uh, really disappointed that he didn't own up to his responsibility as an owner yes. to be there and to ha- make a statement. Like you said, if not to take any questions, just to make your statement, hey, listen, they didn't get the job done. They had their chance, and we have to move on. That would have been plenty for me. We didn't even get that. And in that statement, I don't believe they said that it's going to be Chris Getz and Jeremy Haber, both assistant general managers, running the team from here on out. I don't think they said. No. Yeah. We asked we asked Vinny about it when uh, when Corey Lee was called up. Okay, who made who made these moves? Yeah, and he said like it's a combination between those two. Yeah. Like we just fired two guys because they couldn't get along, and we're having another replacing them this year with two more guys who are not qualified for the job. Well, Jeremy Haber is qualified for the job, even though you might say he hasn't done a good job, but they're making these moves in the interim. But on Wednesday, USA Today's Bob Nightingale again with another bombshell. We couldn't even enjoy the firings because it was reported that Chris Getz is going to, well, not going to be. He wrote it so confidently that I thought, and most White Sox fans thought, like, this guy broke up, broke the, Tony LaRusso news, and we all laughed at him. And then, like a week later, Tony LaRusso was the manager of the White Sox in 2020. And when he said that Chris Getz is the guy that is in line to be the next general manager for the White Sox, and they're expected to do this, everybody was like, What the hell is going on? What's wrong with Jerry? Why would you hire a guy that's part of the worst minor league system in baseball Literally. as far as far as run run differential? Terrible. Development. Who have you seen? That guy is going to be coming up to be the sole decision maker with his son, with his father, because they have a father son relationship. Dayton Moore, yeah, Dayton Moore, that guy from the Royals is going to come in as be like be a consigliere, like a guy to lead him through the the tough waters as a person that is inexperienced 
at being a general manager. What did you first think about the report that Bob Nightingale put out there that Chris Getz and Dayton Moore would be the package of the general manager coming forward? And for me, it was not surprising. And that's the worst part of it all is it's like the, this White Sox organization. It's like the front version of nepotism. It's just, I'm going to hire the guy that I know because I'm friends with them and they've been in the organization instead of the guy that's most qualified. Chris mm-hmm. Getz, he's been the head of a minor league organization that we promised we were going to swear. That's just been shit. They just haven't done anything. Uh, we got a couple decent prospects in, in the wings. That's about it. Colson Montgomery and all these other guys that were supposed to be something have fizzled out. What is his, what's the criteria for potentially promoting him to GM? He hasn't shown us anything. Kissing the ass for Jerry? That, that's probably it. I've been watching Secession a lot. So he's, to me, and I haven't finished the whole se- the whole series, but it's like he's Tom Wom's games. Like a guy who's just married to somebody who's in the family and just keeps on rising up for yeah. no damn reason. He has no discernible skill that, you know, leads into them actually winning, but he kisses the ass of Logan Roy and he gets, gets put up. If you haven't seen Succession yet, Sorry for yeah, breaking that to you. For everyone, I but, mean, that's yeah. not really a big time point, but that, like this Chris Getz thing, it infuriated me because, like you said, it was that same thing where he's hiring people that he likes, not hiring people who are right for the job. Mm-hmm. And Chris Getz, he might be the best guy. He might be a, actually be a smart mind and diff- thinks differently than Kenny and Rick. You should because if you're a baseball person, you should think the total opposite of what the White Sox front office did. But he hasn't done anything. He hasn't actually ran a team before. Why are we at the White Sox looking for a person that is learning on the job? And they got to bring a guy from the goddamn Royals to teach him how to do the job. And that Royal guy was in his career well under 500, just like Rick Hahn. Mm -hmm. Yes, he went to two World Series and won one of those. But that's lightning in the bottle. It's like hiring Kenny Williams again just because he caught lightning in the bottle in 2005. And I won't take it away from Kenny. Kenny, hey, that's your championship. 2005, congratulations. You deserve to go. Forever grateful for it. But you, yeah, you deserve to go, my man. Long time ago. So that just irritated the hell out of me because Chris Getz, no one's looking for him. No other team out here is like, man, if we had Chris Getz as X, Y, Z, He's not we would be, we'll be doing this. No, no one would want it, Chris Getz. So – It's just a frustrating team because they do the wrong things. On Thursday, Stephen, we had the White Sox hosting the Oakland Athletics as they just finished the series, and the A's whooped the hell out of them. They got five home runs for the A's, and they lost badly, and they did the same thing on Friday. So that's not that bad. I mean, the White Sox suck. And to lose to the worst team in baseball, it was bad, but, you know, who cares? Friday is the day I want to get into, and we will have yeah. a video Crazy from soccer. Scott Reifert, who is, uh, I think, the the uh, head PR guy with the White Sox, media relations guy. He's been there for a long time. I've I've always dealt with Scott Reifert, and I've been working in this town since 2000, so that's how long that he's been in media relations for the White Sox. Um, we'll have that video for a second ago, but two fans got shot. <laughs> on yeah. Friday's game, like in the third or fourth inning. And we still don't know how, where, who. They don't even know if it's in the stadium or outside the stadium that the Bolts came from. And they didn't stop the goddamn game. Like the game wasn't canceled. Yeah. They didn't find out about this until later on. Like there was a bullet. Like, oh my God. If like that was the capper onto a shite week, the White Sox. Fans get shot. I think it was two uh, ladies who got shot. I think a third one got grazed, but received, uh, refused uh, medical attention. But and as far as I know, both ladies are fine. Yeah, Ryford will delve into that a little bit more in the video that we show. But uh, both are doing pretty well. And as you mentioned, the third one didn't even receive any treatment. So um, all things considered, it's great to hear that the fans that got hit by those stray bullets are all right. But like we don't, a wild thing. You just something you just you don't go to a baseball game expecting to have to worry about that. One, you have all the security, the metal detectors, all those types of things. And two, even if it's not in the stadium, like how the hell does that happen? Yeah. How does a bullet land in and hit not one but multiple people within a stadium? Yeah. It's just if like the Murphy's Law, whatever can go wrong will go wrong with the White Sox. And it happened all this week. All of that happened in a week. And 
it's the weirdest thing in the world. Whenever you turn on MLB Network or ESPN, Baseball Tonight, whatever you do, you're not hearing about the White Sox in a positive light. No. Always when you turn on to those channels, it's an embarrassing thing. So this is why the White Sox are a laughing stock around the league because of one guy, Jerry Reinsdorf. He continues to want to be embarrassed on a national stage. His legacy is going down the toilet because he doesn't understand how to run a business, how to run a baseball team. He doesn't care about you as the fan, and that's probably job one. What would the fan want me to do here? What is best for the baseball team? And what's yeah. best for the baseball team is also best for the fans. And he doesn't do that all the time. We got to take a break right now. My clock is going off because we got to – Vinny Duber should be joining us shortly after the break. But, Stephen, any other words about this week that was and how the White Sox had just screwed everything up and we're not looking forward to this offseason because we don't know who's going to be the general manager. And if it's Chris Getz, we know what's going to be bad. We're supposed to hear who that general manager will be within the next month, month and a half. Uh, man, I, I don't want to see Chris Getz. I don't want to see Dayton Moore. I, at this point, if we are going to relocate, we might as well just go to Kansas City because we're trying to be the Royals anyway. It'll just be the Kansas City White Sox and call it a day. It's just, I don't know. Can it get any worse from here? Short I'm, of hiring guts or, or more? Uh, I don't really know where to go with this. I wouldn't put it past the White Sox. There's no bottom. There you thought you got a rock bottom. There is none. It's they just keep finding a new one for They us. keep on Real digging the hole deeper and digging themselves into it. Whew, these White Sox are just so frustrating. You know what's not frustrating? CA Show has a weekly pick X and NFL's Survivor Contest for everyone to participate for real money on Splash Sports. This is how you enter. Head to splashsports.com slash CHGO. The link is in the description. And sign up. Deposit cash to get started. And it's just $10 to e enter either of the contests. CHGO's weekly NFL Pick X Contest, the first prize, $2,700. Yes. For the 10th prize, $270. So you got to get in here. The CHGO Survivor Contest is $4,500. Winner take all prize. We'll be running a weekly contest all year. So be sure to keep that link handy. Want to run your own fantasy contest? Tired of being the commissioner on leagues, chasing down people with none of the reward? You can sign up to be a commissioner right through our link and earn money for the contest you're already running with friends and family. That's, oh, my God. Splash Sports, what a godsend. Because, man, I've been a commissioner before. I currently want to. There's a lot of people I want to call out right now, but we got a job to do. Oh, my God. It's the worst. Like, you don't get. Don't be a commissioner. Uh, you don't get any, any, that's Splash Sports. Uh, you don't get any reward for being, no. doing all that extra work, all that administrative work. Should be a Splash Sports says yes. You're going to get some money. Head to SplashSports.com slash CHGO to join in. We'll have different contests coming out, so we are stoked to compete with and against you all. Be sure to click the link in the description. And Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time has the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. As I say all the time, the Atlanta experience I had around this time, September of last year, we went to Atlanta round Labor Day, looking for tickets on game time, bought them. And then I wonder, I was like, hmm, game time talks about this 110% guarantee money. You'll get your money back. The difference of that money back. Uh, if you find a lower deal, some other secondary ticketing site. So I checked out. There was only one that had a lower deal in the row and section I was in. And so I sent that screenshot to game time, folks, 12 minutes later. That money was back in my game time account. Steven and I and Sean yeah. later on went to a White Sox game late in the season on that money that I got from there. And so game time's the place to go. It's got the uh, browse through game time app and talk. Oh, that's the wrong thing. Flash deals and last minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views if you go to Wrigley. Get your images and your seat views because you could be behind a post and not see any of the game. Lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. Game time is the place for your last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning on months in advance. Game time has the deals of the tickets you want right up to the event. 
exclusive flash deals from tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee, which I was talking about, means that you'll always get the best price. You'll find tickets in the same section or row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly where you're sitting. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through these emails. Snag the tickets you want without the stress with game time. Download the game time app and create an account. Use the code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Now let's travel on down to the south side. We our guy, Vinny Duber. He's a CHGO White Sox beat reporter out there at Delicious Guaranteed Range. Delicious, wow. It's a great time to be a White Sox fan, and it's a great time to talk to our beat reporter, Vinny Duber. Vinny, how's it going today? It's going just great, Jens. How are you? Oh, man, we're doing well. We're doing very well. We're just talking about the week that was, Vinny. And, wow, I mean, you were at the presser on Saturday when uh, media relations guru Scott Reifert spoke, and we're going to play the video in just a second. But just as a person who has been at that stadium, however many times you have, what do you think on Friday when you heard the news that somebody, people got shot at guaranteed rate? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you need to be at be someone who's been at this stadium a lot, just be someone who's been at any stadium a lot. And the uh, thought that that could happen is just, it, it strikes as just a crazy, ridiculous thing, right? I mean, we all know what it's like to live these days and to go to uh, heavily attended events these days. You, you know what it's like to go through a metal detector, to have your bag searched, to have your purse searched if, if, if you're uh, someone who carries that. And I mean, that level of security, um, makes us think that something like this could can never happen and you know they still they still don't really know we haven't heard really anything to figure out how this happened uh, you know you look at the video that the that the white Sox provided of the uh incident occurring you see people within inches of the of the people who were affected unaware that anything is going on so um just very very bizarre um and you know to the point where I think everybody is just sitting around wondering how, and that includes the people who are doing the investigations, the be it the White Sox or uh, the Chicago Police Department. Let's take uh, two minutes of our time just to hear what Scott Reifert had to say about the incident to get us updated on all the things that they have and what they have investigated so far. As the CPD press release said last night, once they were on site, they conferred with our security and the feeling was that there was no active threat and that the ball game could continue. Um, the second question was kind of about the, the, the concert, the post-game concert. That was not canceled for any security concern. It was canceled so that CPD could go and, and investigate the area. They needed the lights to be on and they needed fans to be out of the, out of the area. So that's why the concert was, was canceled. There was some confusion kind of tying that to safety, but that had nothing to do with safety. So, um, that's what I can kind of update you on that's new. We haven't heard anything else from CPD on their investigation, and if there's something else I can clarify. So it's still, being, it's still being investigated where the origin of whether it Yeah, was. as we said in our statement, it's not clear um, where the bullet came from. Um, there are no reports of any gunshots in our ballpark. Um, so CPD continues to kind of investigate, and they'll let us know. At what time, sir, um, did this happen? We've seen, we've heard from witnesses or from folks, the fans that were in the ballpark, and said this happened as early as the third inning. It was, a, I believe, it was the fourth inning. Um, but initially, it presented as just a fan who needed first aid. Right? It was just a wound. No one, no one understood what, what that it was a bullet or a gunshot. So there was kind of this time delay as, as that person got treatment. Then, as they investigated a little bit more, we started to understand what may have happened. And there was a report that the police asked the Sox to stop the game. Did you see that? Well, once the police got here and talked to us, they understood that it was not an active threat. But they did ask you at some point, and, and whose call was not that? To not, I mean, obviously, if the police want to stop the game, they're, they're going to stop the game. But it was not, not with us. It'd be nice to have some kind of closure to understand how this happened, because 
every scenario somebody comes up with seems seems crazy, but something happened. So we got to figure that out. Do you think possibly it came from outside the park and just we in our statement? That's what we said. It wasn't clear if it was inside or outside. So it could have been, you know, I, I don't even want to say what it could have been. Right. But that's what the security or what the investigation hopefully shows. If, uh, if, uh... And I guess there's a chance they don't ever find out. I mean, I don't know. And that was Scott Reifert and gave a great explanation, but I caught on something that <laughs> they don't know where the shot came from, where the bullet came from, but there was no active threat. I just, I don't, those two things don't mesh. So I'm just still confused a little bit on, they don't know, we don't know, maybe we'll never know how this happened. It's just a confusing situation. And yeah, it could just be a weird situation that is unexplainable, but to him to say there was no active threat maybe they felt that way but it's tough to it's tough to justify that it's really hard to know that where when you don't know if the bullet or the shots were fired inside the stadium outside the stadium you're not even 100 percent sure when the shots were fired it's hey I, I i'm sure cpd knows what they're doing in this type of situation but how do you know if you don't know i know and i know the scott socks that's when when i first heard of Vinny. like when the socks uh, when I heard that, I was like, the security of those Sox is overly doing it. They do it way more than anybody else does it. So this would be like a, somebody sneaking past, you know, security with a, a gun on the other side of the metal detector. So all the stuff doesn't make sense unless it's a nefarious thing. So, yeah, I appreciate Scott Reifer for giving you guys the breakdown. But anything else you want to say about the doings on, on Friday and anything that happened on Saturday? Uh, not particularly. I mean, I think the, the, the main takeaway here is this is the, like the weirdest thing you can think of. And this is something that, you know, nobody knows what has happened yet, even though it's been two days since, uh, you know, in terms of what people were, I don't even asking about, you know, on social media, why did the game keep going? The stuff that you guys were just talking about. I mean, that's the cops call. I mean, it really is. And I mean, you know, the, if the police come into the ballpark and say, there is a safety concern right now. Obviously, the White Sox are going to listen to that. So, it, it from what we got, it seems like there maybe was a, and and he and Scott got into it in a bit in the clip that you played there. Just a long period of time before they even knew what had even happened. Right, that there was a person who was bleeding, and they're just like, oh, we'll go to first aid, and we'll we'll figure out, we'll make you stop bleeding, kind of thing like that. But once you know, it it took maybe innings and innings before they realized oh, geez, this is why you're bleeding kind of thing. So, um, again, uh, glad that everybody is, you know, as okay as they can be at the moment. And uh, this is just a very bizarre thing to have happened. I mean, you know, I think in, in a moment when something like this happens, you read the headline, fans shot inside the ballpark, like your your initial reaction is, oh, my God, there's this is a what a scary situation for everybody involved and people moving forward. Right. But I think even just a day like yesterday removed from what happened, it was less of a, Oh my God, it's so scary for everybody around and much more like this is just bizarre. This is just weird. So, um, you know, I, there were questions being asked of people or being asked of, of Scott yesterday, you know, how can you assure safety and all that thing? They don't even know what happened other than they did. They could have done everything humanly possible. It's just people sitting in a ballpark and, and something weird like this happens. So um, very, very bizarre situation. And uh, as you uh, framed it within the context of this week, obviously nothing to do with what's going on either on the field or in the front office with this team, but just another just crazy headline to add to a week full of them here at uh, 35th and Shields. I mean, oh, my God, it's just, oh, wow. It's just hard to put my head around. Let's uh, go to today's game because I'm getting more and more confused by listening and hearing all the things that have gone on at this week. Um, some good things that happened this week. Today, we got Mike Clevenger, seven innings pitch, 10-plus strikeouts, only one hit given up. We've been talking about pretty much – like Mike Clevenger is pretty much in the driver's seat as far as free agency and whether he wants to agree to the mutual option that the White Sox have on him from next year. I think it's $12 million or opt out for the $4 million. Like with that performance he had, and you could say it's versus the A's, but they're still a Major League Baseball team. 
Mike Clevenger is put in the driver's seat. What do you have to say was working and has been working for him after he's come off the IL? And did anybody talk to him about, you know, impending offseason and what he's going to be doing? Well, I'll start with the first part of your question there. And basically he said that during his time on the injured list, it wasn't just about getting healthy. He went to work. Him and Ethan Katz, you know, looked at the mechanics, looked at the tape and cleaned some things up, kind of got back to where he felt he was, which was very comfortable coming out of spring training, got away from whatever that stuff was in the first couple months of the season. And then during that very long period of time that he was on the injured list, him and the coaching staff were working and you're seeing the fruits of that right now. So not only does he feel like himself, you know, feel like himself physically, not only is he, he healthy and able to do things, then get into those grooves that he maybe wasn't able to get into before, but he is using all the tips and tricks that he got from working with the coaching staff over that period of time. And you're seeing the results. I mean, he has been great since he came back from the injured list. I think it's up to six starts now uh, since he came back from the IL. He's got an ERA somewhere in the 230 range. Um, He's been excellent. And, uh, you know, we were waiting to go into the clubhouse and we heard Chuck Garfine on the, uh, on on the NBC sports Chicago post game show uh, basically come starting the show by saying, Who's the best? Who's been the best pitcher on the White Sox this year? Mike Clevenger, you know, because Lucas Giolito is now pitching for the Los Angeles Angels. I don't think you can really argue with that. With the disappointing season that Michael Kopech has had, the inconsistencies that we've seen from Dylan Cease, particularly the other night on Friday night against oh this, God. you know, worst in baseball A's <laughs> team. Uh, Mike Clevenger has been great, and the consistency has been there the last half dozen starts since he came back from the AIL. So. Um, you know, he was asked about that mutual option and basically said, you know, the, the standard pro athlete answer of, you know, it's uh, it, it's off in the distance. We'll we'll focus on what we're focusing right now and worry about it then. He did say that he'd like to he likes likes it here and that he'd like to stick around if he can. Um, but he can. If, say yes. <laughs> but, but if he has, you know, 10, 12 starts to finish the season that look like this. Uh, you would have to imagine that uh, he can fare better than one year and $12 million on the free agent market. Let's say hypothetically Clevenger does decline his side of the mutual option. Is there anyone September call-ups wise that we might get a glimpse of that could factor into the rotation next year? I mean, Garrett Crochet is one I haven't heard in a while. I know he was supposed to be making an early September return last time we heard about it. Where is he at in his recovery? And is he someone that could get called up? Uh, Well, we're not entirely sure if we're going to see Crochet pitch again this year. We'll see, I think. I I think right now they're still in a, you know, let's see how everything else goes right now. But, again, he doesn't have that innings base under him right now where they would call him up even in the final month of the regular season and throw him out there as a major league starter. I think um, he certainly has designs on being a major league starter, and he would like that to be the case next year. But everybody you talk to, including – Pedro Grafol, if I'm not mistaken, was asked about this. Very confident that if they were going to go that route, he would have to spend some significant time in the minor leagues next year just to work up that innings base and be relied upon to last six or seven innings in a game. So um, I don't think Mike Clevenger's decision has anything uh, to do with what we're going to see the rest of this year. Um, There's really just no starting pitching depth to be had at the AAA level. I think right now what you're probably looking at is you're seeing the two guys who they're giving the tryouts for next year in Jesse Schulten's Tuki Toussaint. I don't think they've been terribly impressive, certainly not enough to give them each 30 starts in a rotation uh, spot next year. Um, so they might have to go out and do some work or they use those guys as inning eating, innings eating stop gaps kind of situation next year and hope that the bulk of that, pitching talent that's a double a right now could perhaps fast track its way to the majors by next year i think if you remember was it uh i guess it would have been what 19 and 20 when dane dunning kind of made a really fast move from double a or i mean really from single a to double a to triple a and then was was pitching heck he was starting a playoff game by the end of that 2020 season so um you know, that's kind of the last one I can remember that moved really quick like that in terms of a starting pitcher. Um, so maybe you'll see some of those guys who are currently pitching at double A have a shot. But again, we're not going to hear that about that conversation until I would imagine spring training next year at the earliest. So um, as of right now, in-house, not a lot at that triple A level. And uh, I would expect if you were asking about what to watch for in September from a rotation standpoint, I think the only answer is Toussaint and Schultons. Personally, so far, 
that doesn't look to me like it, it's, it's going to solidify a rotation in any way, but I guess they've each got what five or so starts left to, to, to change my mind. And file these into the uh, better late than never category, but four for four from Yohan Moncada today. Really good to see him finally start hitting, um, you know, I wish it would have happened earlier. It did. And then he got hurt again, but even more importantly, August Andrew, Andrew Benintendi is starting to hit. And Vinny Duber wrote about him today on allchgo.com. So go there and read the full article. But a brief synopsis of what you wrote and what's working for August Andrew. Yeah, we'll start with Benintendi before getting to Moncada. Uh, I mean, again, I think the stories are kind of the same in that they finally feel healthy. Uh, Benintendi had off-season hand surgery and then at the beginning of this season hurt the hand also. So basically he spent the first half of the season – with an injured hand, not feeling good, right? Not feeling the way it should. Playable, sure, but 100%, not, no. And um, he bemoaned to me last week at, at, at Wrigley Field that next year he wants to do, he wants to get in the weight room, get bigger, get stronger. He doesn't want to be a singles hitter. He doesn't want to be a slap hitter, um, which is basically what he's been reduced to this season. Um, and so you understand why fans are frustrated because he's frustrated that he hasn't been able to show his full complement of abilities let's say um as i can hear sean anderson somewhere rolling his eyes so hard that they're rolling his eyes so hard that they're getting stuck in the back of his head but uh <laughs> but um listen you've seen it the last couple of days and he he specifically pinpointed the other day when luis castillo of the mariners was just chucking fastball 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 at every single white Sox hitter. he threw what 40 something of them in a row yeah. or something like that and benintendi was like all right i'm getting just destroyed by this fastball let's just swing a different way and it worked and he's been swinging that way for the last few days and boy it's worked he's got three homers uh over the last i guess if you include today six days so um, and all off the lefties too yeah so yeah i mean he's i think he's feeling a way that he hasn't felt in a long time last night talking to us he said he's been searching for the way he was hitting in 2018 since then which is kind of crazy to think because he's made an all-star team he's been a a a piece that people have wanted to trade for at the trade deadline he's a guy who whether you like it liked the move or not earned a big free agent payday last winter and yet here he is saying it's been five years since I've you know since I was being at, at tip top and granted that was probably the best year of his career from an offensive standpoint so um I think that he thinks he can do a lot more than not only he's shown for the White Sox this year because if you look at the numbers they're they're not good but than what he did for the Royals and Yankees last year, what he did for the Royals the year before, what he did for the Red Sox even before that. I think that he thinks there's a lot more to go. And certainly a guy who knew him before he came to the South Side, Pedro Grafol, said, yeah, his best years with the White Sox are still very much ahead of him. So, um, you know, I think White Sox fans, as I, and I wrote this, probably – are very sick to, to mention an eye roll are probably eye rolling out there at the fact that we're talking about potential and what a guy might, might do next year kind of thing. I get that. I totally understand, but you know, the story and to get to that part of your question that you asked about Moncada has been again, the same for these guys this year. Think about Benintendi bothered by that hand throughout much of this season. Think about Moncada, that back injury. He's finally just getting over that back injury and can swing the way that he knows he can swing because he's been bothered by a back injury all year. Tim Anderson, months of his season, not necessarily taken away because he's sitting twiddling his thumbs waiting to get off the IL, but because he's playing in a way that is not comfortable. His knee is not letting him play the way he played. These, to quote Tony La Russa, are explanations that sound like excuses probably to White Sox fans, but you want to know why all three of those guys haven't hit the way that you thought they were going to this year? That's why. And so um, you're seeing here in consecutive days, Moncada with that awesome home run. That was just a, a tremendous shot that he hit the other night, last night. And then, uh, you know, after he was uh, brought up with an intentional walk to Aloy Jimenez. And then uh, you have today with the four hits and the two doubles. So um, he's looking like he should. Of course, though, that's been the story for Yohan Moncada, hasn't it? That it's been those little flashes and those little bits of games that, and where he looks like that guy who deserved what he got after a tremendous year in 2019. So um, we'll see what happens. You know, someone just commented, it's always next year for this team. <laughs> well, certainly when they're 27 games under 500, that's what it's going to be is next year. So we'll see.
Vinny, was Moncada's back bothering him today? Uh, on that double that turned into a triple or a double in an air where he ends up at third, it looked like he was really slow to get up and maybe grabbing at that area a little bit. Was there any mention of that post game? There's no mention of that specifically. Um, you know, we've heard that the back has been bothering him all year. We heard that when he came back from the IL, that it wasn't going to just go away, right? Mm-hmm. That it was going to linger throughout the year and he was going to have to learn to deal with it. Learning to deal with it has mostly meant struggling to this point. Yeah. Um, although the last few days, here he is. We had Pedro Grafol talking about him before the game, saying that he finally came up to him and said, like, oh, I finally feel better. My back finally hurts and my mind feels good because I know I can go out there and do all the things that I've wanted to do. Does that mean that it is completely gone and never going to bother him again? Who knows? You know what I mean? This guy moves his back around for a living, and I suppose you could uh, certainly um, see that happening again. But uh, that's that that was not mentioned specifically after the game. Obviously, had the f- fantastic defensive play in the field today, too. So um, a good day for Yoan Moncada, but uh, uh, obviously something that he's going to have to watch and think about uh, probably for a good long time still is that back. Vinny, any, any other news notes, nuggets, tidbits before we spring you and the White Sox head out to Baltimore? Uh, not that I can think of too much. I guess we just think, you know, to, to, to get back to that point about the rotation and what it might look like next year. Uh, I believe this was yesterday. Michael Kopech, uh, came up in the, in the chat with Pedro Grafol and certainly a lot of our commenters, social media folks, maybe even yourselves, uh, have thought about Michael Kopech. Hey, maybe he's just a reliever. Maybe he's a bullpen guy. Maybe he can't handle being in the rotation. And so Pedro Grafol was asked, do you consider Michael Kopech a starter going into next year. And he was very definitive in saying, yes, absolutely. He doesn't think anyone should be thinking about anything close to moving Kopech out of the rotation. Um, And while that might be something that could be debated under, you know, in a vacuum, the way that the White Sox are set up for next year from this standpoint with, with, for the starting rotation from where we are right now, at least uh, he has to, he has to be in the starting rotation and he has to pitch a lot better than he did this year. So um, listen, they are acknowledging uh, Pedro at least is acknowledging that the mental side of the game is, is, is not clicking right now for Kopech and, and that it's on Kopech and the White Sox to, to make sure that they can turn that into uh, a positive for, for next season, because um He's just not not having much success right now, and they, they think that the mental side of it has a lot to do with it. So um, obviously not exclusively that. You know, he, he's not he's not throwing balls in the strike zone, and he's not uh, keeping the ball in the ballpark. So there's a lot of on the pitching side there too, but um, a lot of work to do with for Michael Kopech uh, this offseason, and the White Sox need him uh, to be a starting ro- a starting rotation piece that can handle an awful lot of starts next year. And forgot to, to ask you before we spring you. Luis Robert, day off, just getting off his feet. That's it? Yep, absolutely. He's uh, he's earned it, I think, with the way that he's uh, been kind of going out there every single day. Um, it's going to be close. We're going to see if he's going to be able to hit that 150 game uh, number that he wants to. I think we're at about, what, 30, 30 like right around 30 games left, I think, and he's at 124. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be close, but if he can stay healthy, maybe he plays uh, almost the rest of the way with just one or two more days off in there. So we'll see how it goes. That is Vinny Duber. He's a CHEO White Sox beat reporter. Thank you, Vinny. We'll see you tomorrow when the White Sox take on the Baltimore Orioles postgame, right? Yep, I'll be back in the studio. I'll see you guys tomorrow. All right. Thank you, Vinny. Bye, Vinny. Bye, guys. Let me get to this real quick uh, commercial break, and then we'll talk about those Baltimore Orioles and wrap up this show. But are you interested? Are you in the market for a new or used vehicle? If you are? then we have some great news for you because Ray Chevy and Fox Lake has joined the CHGO team. And we were talking to them and Ray, they have this pledge called the Ray price promise to guarantee that the price that you see online is the price that you'll pay when you go into the dealership. We found that in many cases, other dealers will raise the price on you when you come into the dealership saying things like, are you a recent college graduate? Are you active in the military? Are you a farmer? Seems personal. Um, in most cases, the answer will be no. And that's when the other dealers raised the price on you saying that the price online included limited rebates that you don't qualify for. Well, at Ray, that's not the case. The price you see online is the price you pay with no add-ons to the price ever. In fact, Ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you, which make the price lower than the one you see online. As one of the top selling dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of the Chicagoland's largest inventories and save big at Ray Chevy because now they have over 100 Chevy Trax models available starting at 21,000 
495 Now through August 31st, all buyers can qualify for 0% financing, make zero, zero payments until 2024, plus no money down, and the best of all, pay zero hidden fees with the Ray Price Promise. Visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com. Serving the community since 1963, find new roads. And if you see the two set decorations in front of me, the bobblehead of Tim Anderson and, of course, of Softball, they're donated by our great friends at FOCO. So go show them some love. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's not spring anymore. It's baseball season and Aloha shirts, straw hats. I got to change the read in my own damn description because <laughs> I'm sure, you know, they wrote it back in February. And so it's not. It is baseball season. Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. And our friends at DraftKings. You've waited all year, and time has finally arrived. College football is back, and so are all the traditions, tailgates, and all the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Kick off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and use code CHGO. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Just want to, as an aside, this Saturday there's a game versus Iowa. I think it's versus, let me check it out. But Iowa's favored by a lot. It's uh, Iowa versus Utah State. Iowa minus 25 and a half. Let me tell you something, friends. Iowa might not score 25 points in that game. I know Brian Ferentz has a thing where he's got to average 25 points per game to keep his offensive coordinator job there at Iowa. I don't care. And I know defense might score some of those points. Get plus 25 and a half for Utah State. Put that $5 down. Get instantly $200 in bets in your savings. I mean, your account for DraftKings. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369-467-369. works there. No one? No one? Anybody? No one? I know the song. Okay. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for your problem. Gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. All right. Got the whole read in there. Yeah. All right. The White Sox go out to Baltimore, who I think are still, if not the best team in the American League, one I, of I the two. I believe they are because yeah. uh, Tampa's had their – yeah, they've moved. Tumultuous fall. Oh, my God. Uh, Shea McClanahan, that's just sad for them. And then, you know, Wander Franco and all that nonsense yeah, out there. Go there. Uh, um, but <laughs> I see the thing is, play poorly versus garbage-ass Oakland. Go out to Baltimore and play well. I mean, those two games versus the Cubs this couple weeks ago were the best games I think they played all year where they're – Pitching was good. Mm-hmm. Hitting was timely. And, yes, they got walked off in that one game. But they were winning that game nicely, 3-1. to one, Great pitching, decent hitting. And so you don't know what you're going to get from these goddamn White Sox some, from time to time. So anything you expect when the White Sox go out to Baltimore tomorrow and start that three-game set? Uh, I expect it to go a lot like last year when they played Baltimore. Just a lot of embarrassment. Uh, we're going to get our asses handed to us. They are the best team in the American League by record. Uh, that is a team that has just done it the right way. They built from within. They get good pitching. They get good defense. They play the game hard. They play the game the right way. I mean, that, there's your blueprint right there. Try to be the Baltimore Orioles. They got some good young talent there. 
if if the White Sox can play up to their competition the same way they've played down to their competition, great. You know, that that's that's a nice confidence booster in an otherwise lost season. But you can't go into the series expecting to win games. You get one, that's probably the expectation. And if you get zero, that's, well, you shrug your shoulders and say, well, they're better than we are. KBW brings a good point. Batista with uh, some UCL, yeah. UCL uh, soreness going on for himself. The best pitcher, maybe a candidate for Cy Young in the American League. He's been pitching that well at the back end of the bullpen for the Baltimore Orioles. But the matchups look like this. Kopech versus uh, Grayson Rodriguez. That's a no. Even though Grace Rodriguez has a five he ERA, a, a higher ERA than the than Kopech, but I think that's an L. Um, let's go with Jesse Schultz's versus the uh, Dean Kramer. You could have just stopped at Jesse Schultz's. That would have sudden plus. And then, whew, as Vinny brought up a second ago, that start by D- Dylan Cease on Friday, mercy. Yeah, just hella bad. Yeah, and he'll be taking the mound there. versus the greats and always reliable Kyle Gibson. What are you seeing right there? Do you think a three-game sweep by the White Sox? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's going to be a sweep in that series, but it won't be the White Sox on the winning end of it. Uh, yeah, I, I see the Sox getting swept there. This is the thing I brought up last year. Like, when I saw that Baltimore outfit come into guaranteed rate, at the time, I think they were either below 500 or well below 500, mm-hmm. like just on the precipice. They took three or four from the White Sox, and the White Sox were going for the AL Central last year, and they're much – better team last year than this year which is weird to say uh, even though you know <laughs> they finished 81 and 81 yeah but after that series i was like that's baltimore that's what the white Sox should be that's the more exciting more hungry for a championship baltimore team that i was looking at like those two teams if you were just a guy that came and never seen baseball ever before and say one of these teams is competing for their division the other team is an also ran maybe at the bottom of their division mm-hmm. You would say the White Sox are the bottom and the and the other team, and that is what happened in 2023, where the Baltimore Orioles have ascended to the heights of the American League that quick. At the end of the last year, they started competing too, almost got into playoffs. But this Baltimore team and what they have done is a thing the White Sox should look at and say, "Hey, they have a terrible owner too in the Angelos group." Yeah, but somehow, in some way, getting getting Adley Rutschman helps because he's a nice anchor for your for your staff or for your um, lineup and for your uh, pitching staff. Mm-hmm. But, man, that team is what I think about. And then going to Baltimore last year, I remember Luis was hurt. Yeah, that was that whole series because, remember, he was swinging only right-handed yeah, or one-handed because of the Jonathan Scope thing. And I was like, when I see those games in Baltimore and now the fence is, like, farther wet back in left field, mm-hmm. I just get bad nightmares about last year and how the White Sox allowed their – MVP caliber player to play with one hand because his wrist was hurt during the Jonathan scope thing. And I get mad all over again. Well, that was also that series where Adam Engel dropped what would have been the third out of the game. He goes off his glove and then the the Orioles do what good teams are supposed to do. You give them life and they they kill you. I forgot who walked off. It was a blonde kid. I couldn't tell you. I remember just being really upset and uh, having to change our entire post game show, (laughs) which is Thanks, Adam Angle. Oh, yeah, we were here. Thanks, Adam Angle. Now he's in not even in San Diego anymore. I think he's a, a El Paso Chihuahua, or oh. my former friends used to say Chihuahua. We'll be having the post game tomorrow with myself. I'll be sitting in the middle seat. Sean will be over here, and Vinny will be where Steven's sitting. And we really appreciate Steven joining in and having our Kyle Sowers, who's Stowers, who hit that Thank goddamn you, home run. I hate him forever. Um, but we'll be having the post game after the White Sox lose to the Baltimore Orioles tomorrow. <laughs> Join us, CHGO White Sox YouTube channel, or right now, if you're listening on the podcast, wherever you get your regular podcast formations, we'll be there talking about how the White Sox lost the Baltimore Orioles. And then probably there'll be something else wacky to come up mm-hmm. and we'll continue the wackiness of the White Sox season. And this past week was just trash. Absolute trash. Steven, anything else you want to add to the end of the show? Yeah, it can only get better from here, right? Right. I mean, right. It, once we say that, it's like this is rock bottom, right? This is the lowest we can go. Every time we say it, I, I'm going to put a off. guarantee. There is nothing worse that can happen than a fan getting shot at your baseball games. The only thing positive that came out of that thing is they didn't let Vanilla Ice Punk ass onto my field. <laughs> Get your ass out of here, Rob Van Winkle. You too, Tone Loke. You too, Rob Bass. So that was the only good thing that happened this week. I'm not happy people got shot. I wish them a speedy recovery, 
But don't desecrate our field, Rob Van Winkle, with your crappy music. Go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go. Go, you. All right. I'm going to stop rambling. I'm done. Thank you for everybody who joined us. It was a lot of people in here. If you're on the way out, hit the thumbs up. We're not going to do the uh, whole take-a-thon thing because Steven's producing the show. As you see, he has a laptop. He's literally producing the show and hosting the show at the same time. He's a godsend. Thank you. Or otherwise, it would just well, been me up here rambling for 60 minutes and talking to Vinny for about 20 and then rambling again for another 40 minutes. So for Steven Nicholas, for Vinny Duber, my name is Herb Lawrence. Follow me on Twitter at ActonWall23. Don't follow Steven because he's not on any social medias. And follow Vinny Duber at Vinny Duber. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace out.